Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbens presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And folks, don't forget about the Chill Boys. They've still got the bamboo made underwear, socks, t shirts, and now sweatshirts. Check them out on Instagram, Chill Boys, and chillboys.com to get your bamboo stuff. Very, very fairly priced, good quality stuff. I encourage everyone to get there. And the guys who are running it, are top-notch guys, just unbelievable people. So if you want to support them, um, go ahead and get yourself some chill, boys. But uh, let's get into the weekend recap, again, brought to you by Beauty Status. And, again, Beauty Status is a Minnesota homegrown company. They do, you know, Minnesota-based hockey things online with the stickers and uh, flags and polos now, golf head covers, Really authentic stuff. No one else is making stuff like this. It's catered to the Minnesota hockey fan. Anyone that likes hockey will like their stuff. Really genuine stuff there. But let's get into our weekends. Olsen, you want to start us out? What would you get up to? Yeah, I went uh, went back up north to Duluth, Minnesota. My my best buddy, one of my best buddies growing up, um, Billy Seitz, he got married um, in February down in California, just a small little um, get together with, you know, family or whatever, um, had a small ceremony. And then uh, we had their reception this last weekend. Um, so we caught up with some old friends and, and all that good stuff. It was a hell of a time, 300 people in a country club, um, <clears throat> a lot of dancing, uh, Shelby's actually a warrior. She worked a 16 hour shift over Friday night. Uh, so from 3 PM to 7 AM took a two hour nap and then drove up North to be at the party. So I appreciate her for that. Um, but it was an all time weekend, uh, you know, just seeing old friends in Duluth and, and getting together and, and drinking and dancing, uh, great food, everything it was uh, phenomenal. Damn, that's a good time. When you get yeah. a good venue, you get good people. Shelby coming in clutch, just battling for the boys. Battling. Battling. I've never seen that kind of battle level. You got to give it up to her. You know, I, I've been in those situations before where, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's your, your partner's side of the family where they know everyone and you're kind of feel awkward because you don't know anyone. And you're like, God, I got to work this shift and then go somewhere. I don't know anyone. So that takes a lot. That takes a lot. So we've got to give our respects to Shelby there. Shelby, yep. nice work. Nice work. That goes a long way. And for any of the women listeners out there, I don't know if there are. There's maybe a few, but that goes a long way. It so. does. It does. That's uh, It's deserving of a lot. So we appreciate it big time. Mace, what did you get up to this weekend? So on Friday, uh, we had our first ever poker tournament at the house because we uh, found a little poker table on Facebook Marketplace. So we've been just abusing that over the past like week and a half. It's been Love awesome. That. But got my pockets rinsed for 30 bucks. So it wasn't the best tournament, but it's just the first one. So it's up for here. Mm-hmm. 
Saturday, uh, we had the Cup Snake at Target Field with uh, Sammy Adams. That was pretty electric. Uh, I got pretty slapped. Uh, Sammy got kicked out of the actual game, which is pretty funny. No. I didn't see it happen, but, yeah, he got kicked out. Uh, for what? Maybe. Was there specific reasoning? So, well, I mean, I can – yeah, I was – Mace, I was wondering, sorry to cut you off, but I was at that game and I tried to find you at the game. So I went over to the section and Mace was nowhere to be found. I'm like, where's Mace? Like, I got to find Mace. And he wasn't there. Sammy was there. I understand why Sammy was c- kicked out. Mace can fill you on that a little more. but Yeah, so this is what I heard. I didn't see it happen. But, uh, you know, in the Cup Snake, tons of beer cups lying around he had his in his hand he's in the front row and he was kind of like dumping off some of it off the side you know just so he could add to the snake but what he didn't realize is he was dumping it off the side of the section right onto the handicap section oh, so i looked over and the handicap row is like 10 feet back and like there's like 10 security guards up in the section oh it was, yeah. a, it was a mess but <laughs> oh no! That's terrible. We get to oh, the after no. party, and he was just passed out on the rooftop, like couch. Sammy was in one. I I went up, <laughs> so he was sitting in the section. He was sitting in the section. I walked up to him. I'm like, "Hey, Sammy, you remember coming to Nodak, playing a show there, and coming over to the hockey house?" And I showed him this picture. I don't know if you guys can see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's in the backyard of 420. Uh, Show him a He's like, oh, yeah, I love that trip. That was unreal. But Sammy was in one there. He was he was tuned up a little bit. So I <laughs> yeah. when I heard yeah. when I heard he got kicked out, I was like, that's not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole plan for the after party was that he was going to like perform on the rooftop and like sing a couple songs. Well. They gave him the mic, and after one song, they took it right back and put music right back on. Oh it no! Was, was... <laughs> didn't you get all night? Didn't you get all night longer going a little bit? Yep, that was the one he played, and then after that, it was done. <laughs> with all due, with all due respect to Sammy, though, all night longer. That's got to be top three party songs ever made. I mean, that's one yeah, of the best yeah. party songs ever made. I want to go all night longer. Over a decade old and it's still getting played today. Yeah. Oh, it's still good. I love that. Um, how was it? So, so how was your experience at the Cup Snake? You said you got slapped. How was the after party besides the one song? I mean, it was pretty fun. I ended up uh, buying a couple more shots than I was planning on and got a little got a little messed up so sunday was pretty brutal but the whole after party was awesome that love that like ties nightclub it was sweet it was a great time golf tournament on sunday 10k tournament that was really good got to see a lot of good 10k people met jason zucker absolute just great guy beauty uh but yeah that was good 10k 10k did a good job what'd you they ended up doing like was it 12,500, 13,500, something like that? Yeah, I think it was around that. I didn't uh, yeah. really see a whole lot on like the donation side because I was just going around getting video all day. But from what I heard, the donations were great and everyone was having a good time. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's it was good. a pretty busy it's weekend. Great. That looked awesome. Um, 
kind of, I know that I know some of the chill boys sent their guys that they sponsored a little bit of it. So that was pretty cool to see. Yeah. They asked me if I uh, could play there. If Olson, I could play. I, I was unavailable. I couldn't take a Monday off, but um, that would have been fun. Yeah. My, uh, my weekend was, it was pretty much only Saturday. So Friday I went to sleep early. Saturday, woke up at 5.45 a.m., drove to the course 45 minutes away, played 18, drove back, had uh, Casey Perper's wedding, yeah, which, was, which was like, they did it last minute, you know, him and his girl Coley, they uh, – they were, they're not technically married before this or whatever. They, you know, marriage is this thing that's doesn't really mean much to say you're married, just whatever. I mean, they're, they, to me, they've already been married because they're living with each other. They have a kid together. They have a house together. It's like, what does being married make anything different? It doesn't, but she wanted, she needed health care. Um, she didn't have health insurance. And now that they're married, she gets it through perps work. And there are a couple other things, but they decided to do it this this little wedding. Um, by Justin Moody was the minister, or whatever who who wed them, and they're like, "Yeah, Moody's is coming down on Saturday, and we're just gonna we got to get legally married just for some, you know, some legal reasons." And um, our parents are coming down. We're having Lou's first birthday party, which is their son, after, so you guys can come to that. And he's texting us this, and we're like, uh, Perp, we're coming to your wedding. He's like, no, it's it's only going to be the parents there and stuff. You know, it's just a quick thing. And we're like, Perp, we're, we're coming to the wedding. So we had a couple – we had a bunch of guys go to go see them get married on a, on a front doorstep from Justin Rudy. You know, it was, it was just incredible. So go golfing, go to this wedding, and then straight from the wedding, go to the first birthday party. Lou's – his name's Lou – Lou's first birthday party, sit there for a little while. And then I head downtown to meet Connor Gorder and Rhett Gardner to uh, have some drinks at Utipulse Brewery over in Minneapolis. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a great place. I've yeah, never heard it of it. It's, it's sick. It's great. Yeah, Their it's, outdoor it's just area big. is awesome. Yeah. So I had never been there, go there, and then is Gord's – got us tickets to uh to the twins game in the delta club which was which was great so we had good seats for the twins game there's a cup snake night and then um went over and saw the cup cup snake activities had a great time with those guys for a bit Sus- obviously and then uh did the old rounds at cowboy jacks per request of my girlfriend um her friends were there, so we had to head head to Cowboy Jacks. It was actually probably my first time being there all summer. I had went there in the spring, kind of stayed away all summer. First time back, what a rooftop! Just same same I old. Hadn't it. changed. Hadn't changed since I left. Just everything the exact same. You know, like <laughs> same uh, smell. <laughs> you know, yeah, just same people almost. You know, it's just like <laughs> what, what are we doing? Cheap drinks, though, you know, you, down yeah. to Minneapolis, you're getting, like, pretty cheap drinks, $4 a drink, not bad. Um, so did that, and then Sunday just kind of 
did some work and laid around. But yeah, that was that was my weekend. It was pretty pretty uh, eventful Saturday for myself. It was, it was good. I was able to fit all that in. Um, but I was I was thankful when I woke up Sunday and didn't have as many plans because I personally. I don't love having a ton of plans on weekends. I like to keep an open book there a little bit and decide where I want to go, but it worked out well. So um, let's, let's move on to the fun stuff now. And obviously the fun stuff folks is brought to you by butter golf, Jordan Schmaltz creator, his brother, Nick helping him with it. Um, just a funny, good kind of hockey lingo there with the buds and the fella. Um, on their hats and their shirts, Butter Golf Golf brand just started up. Help them out. Go to their website, butter.golf. Grass fed Mace is wearing the hat. They've got some good shit. You guys will enjoy it. Let's get into the uh, fun stuff. There it is. Let's get into the fun stuff by Butter Golf here. We'll start off with the nail gun of the week. Does anyone have one they want to share? I'll go first. Um, so as I said, I went up uh, north um, for that uh, wedding reception theme, Bob, and um, Billy Seitz, who was the guy that got married, and we were throwing the party for him and his wife now, Ellie. Uh, we did a golf thing on Friday. It was, you know, cl- close family, friends, uh, and there's like 55 people. Um, <clears throat> sure enough, first hole, uh, short little par four, taking iron off the tee. Um, on his second shot, he dunked it for a two. First, first no. goal of of his of his close friends, you know, and family golf thing for his wedding reception, dunks it for a two on the very first hole. So that's my nail gun of the week, Billy Sites. What a feeling! <laughs> Imagine you just hit an iron off there. You go up there, knock it in for two. What a way to start your round. How, how far out was he? What, what club is he hitting there? 100, 100 yards flat, he hit a 60-degree uh, wedge. Wind was a little behind him, uh, but the green the green's the size of, you know, the couch that I'm sitting on. It's tiny. One oh, it was one of those? Yeah. One of yeah, those courses was a small landing green. All of those are tough. Yeah, that's, a, that's Ridgeview Country Club. That's where I, I come from. Um, and it's just these hard greens. They're super small. Uh, you know, and they're firm, and he just one-hopped it right into the bucket. So uh, I, I got to give a shout-out to Billy. I love that. Mace, what do you got? All right, so I don't know which game it was at, but there's some baseball game that happened this week, and there's a video that was going around Twitter for it. And it was probably this guy. He's probably 50 years old, and he got his beer, and he got a hot dog. And he takes his hot dog and he takes a straw and he pokes it right through, takes it out, takes the hot dog out of the straw and puts the hot dog right in the beer and uses it as a straw. Right through Wait. the glizzy. <laughs> he had a glizzy straw? Uh-huh. He created that, a glizzy straw. That is wild. He already had a straw he could have used, but there's something going on with the glizzy he needed to use it for, so... <laughs> He wanted that beer to run through the glizzy before it hit the lips. Oh, oh, guys just drinking <laughs> hot guys just drinking hot dog water. <laughs> yeah. He just couldn't give a fuck though. Oh my god, yeah, that is unreal. I saw that. Oh, that is awesome. Okay, I like that. Yeah, that's that's obviously a good one. Um, 
So as I was telling for the listeners, I was telling Olson Mace before we started recording, I go through my Twitter, see Instagram. Mm-hmm. I just take notes throughout the week on these nail guns that I see um, throughout the week. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it to, I've got four. I'll keep them short. I won't keep you guys hanging for too long. The first one is the uh, Portland Pickles mascot for their baseball team. Oh, yeah. If you guys saw this one. So so the Portland Pickles Twitter account tweets out, um, Our man, we're having a mascot takeover. He's going to start tweeting. We're going to ask him questions, and he's going to tweet back his response. Well, he gets the phone. Well, he gets the phone, and he takes a selfie, and he's got – He's got like his thumb acting as like his hog coming out of his pants in the <laughs> selfie. So the pickles like takes a selfie and it looks like it's just pickle hog is coming out of the pants. He's like, hey guys, I'm here. What's up? And then the very next tweet, like a minute later, is we had to take the mascot off the Twitter account <laughs> because he was, <laughs> they booted him after one tweet. <laughs> So go look up the Portland Pickles. Um, pretty funny story. That mascot that is, had to have been laughing his ass off. That is an all-time uh, social media play. That was perfectly done. It was funny seeing the Portland Pickles response after they're like, people are people are speculating that that was a private part, but it was actually just his thumb sticking up. So it wasn't a private part. <laughs> it's like you got to. Yeah, he's just trying to give gotta, a thumbs up. Yeah, you gotta, you, you gotta like tell the list. You gotta tell the Twitter world that that wasn't actually a pickle penis. It was just a thumbs up. Like I think we know. Like I think we know this pickle doesn't have a penis. <laughs> oh my god! But anyways, okay, my next one. So there's this guy. He's a catcher in baseball, and he's got his shirt off no pad on and he's blocking he's got a pitcher pitching like balls in the dirt and he's blocking these these pitches with his bare chest like happy gilmore like fucking getting ready for hockey season like this guy just goes full nail gun like give it to me and he'd just be getting pelted in the chest by these baseballs and he's just like holy fuck this guy's a nail gun What's he doing? I, saw, I saw that too. That was unreal. And it wasn't like he was lobbing them in the dirt. Like they were rifling him at this guy. And he was like yeah. bouncing his, he was bouncing the balls back off of his chest. Oh yeah. Psycho. Oh yeah. Mike Tomlin for being a, a nail gun. He sees, he sees these young kids in the street fighting with each other, brings them out to the Steelers practice field and has them to, has them do a bunch of football drills and stuff. That shit's that shit. That, that's baller. I've always liked Mike Tomlin, that guy, you know, he scares the shit out of me. I've never met him, but seeing him on TV, just with his eyes, like he's always looking like, like that guy's <laughs> commands respect. And for him to do something like that, it's just pretty cool to see. And then my last one is off the sec um, podcast Twitter account. There was a there was a buddy down south in a gym, and he's got the dumbbells, and he's just get he's just getting ready for SEC football season. He's got the thirty pound dumbbell, and he's just going like this. 
<laughs> and I'll switch hands and go. That <laughs> is so good. Like, can you imagine doing that in a gym? Like, there was no one videotaping me either. Like, it wasn't he was snapping a friend. He was just doing that in the middle of the gym. No one filming him at all. Like, it was just ridiculous. <laughs> He's going to have perfect form by football season. Yeah. Classic 12 ounce oh, curls, except with 30 pounders. That's hilarious. Oh, man. That was good. But uh, yeah, those are the, those are my nail guns of the week. I think that was a pretty good showing for nail guns. Saw a few of them. Um, let's move on to the uh, fuck one, marry one, bury one, or kill one. First one we're gonna do is uh, vodka, tequila, or whiskey. I am going to fuck tequila. Um, in a good way. Tequila is a good drunk for me. I don't do it very often, but when she comes out, it's uh, it's a fun one. Um, I'll marry vodka. There's nothing better than a Tito's uh, soda splash of crayon. Uh, there's a lot that can go with the old vodka, Bloody Mary, whatever it might be. So vodka's staying for a long time. And then I'm going to absolutely kill whiskey because I can't have it. Uh, it makes Trevor very sick. Um, luckily I don't change on whiskey. I just throw up a lot. So I'm leaving that one out. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like the explanations there. Um, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck tequila. Good time. You know, not someone, not some tequila is not the one that you want to bring home to the parents and, you know, <laughs> introduce to the grandparents, but Really, really fun for a night, and uh, I'm definitely gonna marry vodka. Like Ol said, it's it's just a superior one. I wanna I wanna marry that and lock her down for life. And then, uh, yeah, I'm gonna kill whiskey too. It sucks because I do like having a uh, nice little Scotch whiskey um, every once in a while, right on the rocks, just sip it at night, kind of put it to bed. Good Psycho. feeling, but I don't have that same. I don't have that same you know, hate for it as you do it almost where it makes me sick, but it, it definitely is the most dangerous one for me. Um, just if you have a little too many, it's like, well, we might be in a UFC fight night. Um, <laughs> yeah. to cuffs with people if I have a few too many whiskeys. So I don't know why it does that. You know, like you have a few, you have, you have a bunch of vodkas or tequilas. You're just having a good time. And then you have a few too many whiskeys. You're just like, fuck it. I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> Mace, what do you got? So for mine, I'm also gonna fuck tequila like you guys did. I mean, don't want it around for too long. Just one night every once in a while. Can't go yeah. wrong with that. And then I'm gonna kill vodka. You know, it's surprisingly my least favorite booze, and I'm just not too big of a fan of it. Like you can mix it with stuff, and that's all right, but not my favorite. Not a Russian. Not and a I'm Russian. Mary. Merry whiskey is because you can find a good one and you'll be set for a while. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. Whiskey is the only one on that list that I can drink just with ice and water and sip it and it's fine. I can't do that with any of the other two. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm not a fireball guy, which is why I thought maybe maybe one of you guys were. But fireball is whiskey, and, and that's a lot of that's a huge one for a lot of people. I'm not, so that has no factor in my rankings. But whiskey's got I've some had, good drinks. 
sure. I've I've had my fair share of fireball, and it's usually not a good ending. <laughs> Terrible. Projectile vomit. Tastes like drinking like maple syrup that's cinnamon flavored and alcohol, and yeah. it's like. Ugh. <laughs> 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 All right, let's move on to the next one here. Same same idea. Italian, Mexican, or Chinese foods. Now these aren't people. We're talking about foods here and their their cuisines. Um, does anyone want to start? <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll start. Glad to thank you for clarifying that. We weren't talking about race. Um, I am going. To, I am going to. I'm going to fuck Mexican um, in a good way. I love Mexican. It is phenomenal. It is so good. Um, it was a split between that um, and Italian, but I'm going to fuck Mexican because. I tend to have some badass days after I have, you know, some a nice Mexican. Uh, it doesn't, you know, my stomach doesn't handle it very well, um, which leads me to marrying Italian because I, I, I would actually marry Italian food. I would eat pasta every day if I could, if I didn't gain 400 pounds from it, from overeating. Um, and then I'm going to kill Chinese. Um, it's nothing against Chinese food. Um, you know, it's, it's great, but it just doesn't match. Uh, are you taking a whiz right now? <laughs> I wanted to keep it. I wanted to keep it silent on the, the just to see if people that. noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Chinese, it just doesn't live up to the other two. It, it, nothing against Chinese food just doesn't even make my top two in that debate. Mace, you might have to go while Ozzy's taking a break here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll uh, I'll start off. I'll fuck Mex- or Italian food. Uh, okay. I love Italian food. Honestly, probably my overall favorite. But I'm going to marry Mexican food after going to Mexico this spring. Uh, I don't know if they put, like, crack in their food or something, but that shit is unreal. I never had a bad dish. Yeah, and man. It- Mexican, Mexican, if you get good Mexican food, it is unstoppable. It's not even like, it's no contest. Like, yeah. it's unreal. So yeah. I still like Chinese food. I got nothing against it, but I got to kill it. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. I like that presentation. Yeah, no. This one's really tough for me because I love fucking all three of them, right? Yeah. Like, they're all three unbelievable. Um, mine's gonna be a little different than you guys. Sorry about See, this. I, I knew I knew you were gonna do this, and this is just a wrong answer. I just know this is a wrong answer before you even start. You're doing this strictly to start. You're doing this to start a fight. This is what you do. You walk into the locker room and you say the most controversial shit. The fact that. All right, go ahead. Ols knows me. Ols knows me too well. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Um, okay, so I'm fucking Chinese. Yeah. Chinese has great dishes. Obviously, you guys are thinking about you guys are thinking about like sweet and sour chicken. Obviously, beef and broccoli and and you know all those ones. Which are great. What are you thinking about duck? I'm I'm also adding on. You know, they've got the hibachi, 
No. They've got sushi. They've got sushi. Sushi's Asian. Don't what is China? Don't start is China in Asia? Right now. No. Is China in Asia? Ooh. Ooh, you Hibachi. Mace, he goes, Hibachi. It's fucking chicken and steak. <laughs> yeah, it's what are we talking about? Get the hell out of here. <laughs> it's it's Hibachi Asian Bistro, if anything. That's not Chinese food. I don't um, know if we're going to cut this, but that's the most absurd <laughs> shit in the world. <laughs> fucking Chinese food over the other two. Get the hell out of town. If you actually uh, believe that. No, oh. no, China's, I'm fucking Chinese food, okay? I'm marrying Italian food. Italian food's the best food on the planet. Pasta, pizza, like, you're not beating that. It's it's unbelievable. They got the chicken dishes, you know, the chicken marsala, chicken parmesan. I mean, bring it at me. Marrying Italian food, no doubt. That should be the answer for everyone on earth. Yes, there's there's no other, you know, um, and obviously Mexicans, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to kill Mexican, but I have. I'm forced to. You know, like I love Mexican, but I'm forced to kill it in this scenario. Um, it is what it Boom. is. <laughs> Just a terrible display <laughs> by Ozzo there. <laughs> terrible display. I love. I love it because usually I I, I can't get passion. You know, I don't know enough about it. But food's my passion, and shame on you. That's a sin. We'll throw out one in a tweet and see what see what people say by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like. Well, we'll put this up to a poll. Yeah. Which one would yeah. you rather? Which one would you kill? That's what yeah, we'll yeah. do. I which like one that. would you kill? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's I move bet on. You let's talk I bet you. I, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say here because I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> I bet you Chinese get seventy percent of the fucking votes. There's no way. <laughs> That they kill me. <laughs> I'm, say, I'm so passionate about this topic because that's I'm, I'm doing it right now on show. You can move on to the next thing. I'm putting this out there right now. Yeah, get it out there right now. I want to put yeah. it right now. <laughs> uh, okay, oh, we'll move on. My also is posting that I'm, I'm excited to see the results. That's going to be awesome. Um. We'll talk a little hockey for a bit before we get to Brock. And sorry, I didn't introduce everyone, but folks, we do have Brock Besser on later here. Um, I want to talk a little bit about hockey here. The World Juniors just ended. Now, obviously, everyone everyone saw the gold medal game between Canada and Finland where the Canadian D-man stopped the puck. While I don't know if you guys saw that, also if you're listening. Oh, but that's that, save. that was the, that again. Did you see that save in the World Juniors in that gold medal game? That would have won Finland the gold medal, and the guy yes. stopped it. That's the be- that that, that has to be the best line. save. That has to be the best save in history of hockey, right? Like gold medal on the line. I mean, he bats it out of the in the middle of the air like that is just insane. Yeah, um, that's that's absolutely that, that's. I feel like it hasn't happened like that, but those are like the saves people remember forever. Like, yeah, any NHL like highlight reel of goalies is like these miraculous. I don't know how the hell they do it. It's got to be some sort of luck too. 
but that yeah. was nutty. And it does, it's, it sucks because it sucks because this year's World Juniors, you know, like I didn't even watch a game. To be honest, I'm sorry. I didn't know when they were on. It wasn't marketed. Uh, it obviously was rescheduled from COVID, I think. It's just a terrible time to do the tournament. No one's invested in hockey right now. And I don't think they had, you know, even Team Canada was playing in Edmonton. I know the gold medal game was filled, but how do they not fill every other game? People just weren't going because it's summer. Yeah. Um, that that tournament needs to happen over the over the New Year holiday. That's just the the, the tradition, and that's when it needs to be. So that, that's it. Kind of sucked that it happened right now, and obviously, I wanted to talk about a little bit about USA, just dominant in the first you know, the prelims, and then they get to the playoffs and lose, lose you know, a one-game shot, which happens, but kind of unfortunate there. I don't know, like, I don't know that this tournament had to be a lot different because a lot of these guys are in mid-season shape when they're going into the games. I guarantee you none of these guys were in mid-season form when they're playing these games. They, they, they just had summer, and they haven't played games, so it's it's just a lot different. A lot of different tournament there. I don't know how much, you know, it's it's almost like the bubble playoffs, right? Like the bubble Stanley Cup or whatever. It's it's just a little different. You don't know whether it means more, means less, if it was harder, if it was easier. Um, just a little different. If I had, if I had my pick, I'd, I'd definitely push that tournament back to the New Year holiday where it usually is, where it's middle of hockey season. You got the holidays, so there's not much hockey going on other than the World Juniors and everyone's watching. Like the World Junior yeah. is one of my favorite tournaments to watch. I watch it every year, and I didn't watch it this year because it was just different timeline, right? So, would, Mace, you, you were going to say something? I was just going to say the viewership would be completely different if they didn't do it in the summer. Yeah, I agree. I And, you know, I think we've had this discussion with some of the Canadian guys that we've had on. World Juniors to them is monumental to not only Canadian hockey players, but Canadians as a whole. Americans oh. – Americans don't give a flying shit. And so like you have, you have to display it at a time where you're going to get the most viewership. I don't know if that's close to the draft after the draft. I don't know if there's like a certain time, but there has to be a better way to display it, especially in North America or in the U S because the more you get, that's how you're going to get fans of hockey, seeing the young guys come up. Like that's, that's how you build it. For sure. So then we'll we'll move on to uh, they just announced that they're doing the World Cup again, 2024, which I'm I'm fucking jacked about the World Cup. To me, after watching that, now I know it's going to be a little different this time around. I think, um, but the World Cup to me, like when when we watched that, I I can't remember what year it happened with Team North America, Team Europe, and all those teams playing the World Cup a little while back. That was that's better than the Olympics. That that's like the best hockey you could ever watch. And that that team North that North American team with all the young guys who weren't who were too young to make the Team USA or Team Canada. That team they put together was probably my favorite hockey team to watch ever. Just with those young guys on the team from Canada and US, so young, so skilled, just so raw still. It was just unbelievable watching that team. So I'm really excited for that to happen. But I 
Although I don't think they're going to have a North American team in it this this next year or this next time they do the tournament, which they're kind of a bummer. They should they should if, they should do a young guns team. I think that yeah. that would be they beneficial. should they should every they should every year. I think I'm not don't don't quote me on this, but I've I've heard that there there's no young guns North American team now. It's just USA Canada and the, the the countries, which is kind of a bummer because that North American team, that young guns team, was that was electric. Like back we had like Johnny Gaudreau. Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, all on the same team with a bunch of younger guys. It was electric. And they were beating countries like of older, experienced guys. It was so sick. Yeah. Um, I will say it was a three a three on three format, right? Yes. Was no, it, no, no. Was it, it was five on five? It was it was five on five? Oh yeah. I thought it was, real, it thought was, was just it I was real it was hockey, three. straight up. No. What, what was it? Oh, maybe I'm. I was gonna say this might be in retaliation of the. Um, did you guys see that three by three on three league that started this year? I had a, a couple of buddies yeah. that played in it, and obviously we shared Brandon Hawkins' um, goal from that. Whatever. So I was wondering if they're kicking it back up because of that, because they saw some traction with that. That's why I thought it was three on three uh, mm-hmm. for some reason, but obviously I'm wrong. Um, but I, I just remember all the highlights from those things. Maybe it just seemed like it was three by three because it was the nastiest players ever. Oh, um, it was. It did. It looked like it was three on three because it was just the nastiest players out there just doing the most ridiculous shit. And yeah, yeah, it was. It was just insane. But I think Team Europe. I think Team Europe went to the final that in the last World Cup, and that team was even fun to watch. I remember in Norway too. Norway. So Zuccarello was on that team, Europe team, he was unbelievable. I think yeah. Char was as well. Um, I think they made it to the championship against Canada in that tournament. But North, Team North America, that Young Guns team, they were in the semifinals. They almost went to the championship. Like, that was, that was just I so just sick. I just think any time that they can have some of those big tournaments, whether it's the NHL guys or, you know, the young guys, the World Junior, I think any time you can put them on the – biggest platforms if they want to grow the game that's how you do it like you think nhl playoffs everybody tunes into the nhl playoffs because it's like super passionate hockey it's like the purest form of hockey and that's why everybody loves it uh but like a regular 82 season you know regular season game it's just like oh it's another hockey game you know so anytime you can bring put this stuff on the national level for americans especially that's the only way it is. And I was. I'm happy they're doing that again because obviously the Olympics. They're not allowing the guys to play in the Olympics, which is tough. Um, mm-hmm. But without the Olympics, you got to have something. You got to have all these best players from each country playing against each other. I mean, there's nothing better. It's like the World Cup of, of soccer. It's like it's, what everyone looks forward to. But but why is that? Why is that? Um... You know, all-star break is supposed to be like this break for players. So I understand they should take that shit out of the all-star stuff in hockey, basketball, all of it is ass. It's terrible. They should do, they they should do this other stuff and put shit on the line where it means something. And then that's when all the best players come together. Correct. The all-star is terrible. 
everyone's worried about injury, right? Like you don't want to get injured in the middle of the season and baseball is the only one that's able to pull it off. Cause it's like, you're playing baseball. You're not going to get injured. You can still try hard in baseball, right? Like, but but you're playing for something. The the winner AL or NL gets the the home yeah, field advantage yeah. in the World Series. So you know I, m- maybe they're not giving a hundred percent, but at least they're playing for something. You know, make it work. Point, yeah. No, I think those baseball players are giving a hundred percent. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you try to hit a home run. If you're a pitcher, you're trying to strike everyone out. Like, yeah. there's no reason NFL. There's no way they can pull off an all-star game in the NFL like the Pro Bowl. No. You finish the season, you don't want to get, you know, just blindsided by a guy that gets your knee injured. Like football makes sense. Hockey, I think you could hockey and basketball, I think you definitely pull off a more meaningful all-star game. Um, yeah. and if it's not all-star, like you said, going going countries with it. And yeah. even the even the NBA, if they did like a America versus world. It'd be pretty cool, yeah. you know. You got you got Luca Doncic and and Giannis and all these other guys from overseas or Canada even versus the USA guys. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, but those All Star games are just just oh, they're cool. putrid, they're horrible. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, folks, I hope you enjoy. We got Brock on for a little bit of time here. Um, he was crunched for time. He's a busy man. Obviously, he's got a lot a lot of shit to, on his plate and coming up on season but we got brock on the pod for a little bit here and and hopefully you guys enjoy what he had to say so we'll move on to uh brock besser well brock thanks for coming on i know you're a busy man um not a lot of time we're kind of you know i expected to have you in studio for this episode but you know couldn't make time for his old captain uh (laughs) to get up to the studio and hang out in person so i've got him on zoom here gave me a strict timeline and when he needs to get off you know he's got things to get to uh i don't know whatever fucking celebrities do like brock <laughs> boozer in vancouver so we'll ask him the hard-hitting stuff see his answers hopefully uh you know throw him under the bus maybe he gets in trouble from the canucks fans um with some of these answers but we'll see how he does brock we wanted to kind of just kind of skip over your youth career, because we usually talk about, you know, guys' stories, how they got to where they are now. I don't really want to hear about you being the best ever at hockey from age five until whenever. So I did want to get into um, – so you're originally committed to Wisconsin. What's the, what's the story behind Wisconsin? I know you had family there and stuff. How did you commit to Wisconsin? At what age? How did you make that decision? Um, yeah, my, I grew up watching my cousin play college hockey in Wisconsin. So it, uh, it was kind of like my dream school ever since I was a kid. And my, my mom's side of the family's from there. So I was always there growing up. Um, so then, uh, my cousin that I watched playing is actually my high school coach. And it was at a tournament. Mike Eves was a, he was a Wisconsin coach at the time and I played really good. And so I ended up going to visit like a couple weeks later and then, I, don't know, I think I committed later, maybe a few months after that. And I was in 10th grade. So then I was committed for a bit. And then senior year of high school, I was in Waterloo, actually. And I was driving from Minnesota to Waterloo. And I think a gopher coach called me. And just just checking and see if I ever decided to like, reopen 
uh, my thought process on schools. Hey, Brock, you, Brock, you still want to go to Wisconsin? Wisconsin had like five wins, I think, the year before. So I understand why teams were kind of curious. So then that kind of made me start thinking on like if it was best for me to go to Wisconsin. And then I kind of brought that up to my cousin and went over it. And I decided uh, I told Wisconsin that I wasn't exactly like I was kind of decommitting, but I would still like revisit their school again. So then I went and revisited Wisconsin, Duluth, Nodak, and Mini. And I mean, after I visited, I knew nothing about North Dakota, like nothing. Like I pulled yeah, up I to the. I was going to ask how you ended up with North Dakota because obviously you're living in the cities. You go to you come into Wisconsin. You got the Gophers right here. How the hell do you end up in North Dakota? Well, my cousin talked it up a bit, but I still had no idea about North Dakota hockey. Like when I landed and I was at a two gate airport, I was a little confused where I was, <laughs> and then then he drove me straight to the ring because I think you guys had a game like right away and i mean I was, I was pretty shocked at what north dakota does for hockey and then we kind of just fell in love with it I saw you guys play actually gage scored that game so no gage on one of your two goals in your career <laughs> and what a goddamn miracle yeah it was like tipped off the defender on the other team and one in the net or something just a joke but anyway uh <laughs> Um, I kept watching like through these doors after I, after I left and I kind of just fell in love with the place and committed. And then I think it was, it was the right choice. So, so what, uh, what does Wisco say when you call him and you're like, I'm not necessarily decommitting, but you guys were ass last year. So I want to like, yeah, (laughs) honestly, like I'm not like the, the guy, you guys know this. I'm not the guy to like kind of grow a ball sack and, and do something like that. <laughs> yeah. so I had like a list of stuff instead of like the reason for I'm like re- reopening up my options. And like, it's kind of savage. I like asked like why they didn't recruit two of my buddies from Burns a letter going D1. And they said they weren't good enough or some. So I was like, all right. <laughs> you know. But it's not true because they're both unreal. So I was just like, who was it? Who was it? She, he, and someone else. And Jack. She, he, and Jack. She and the shot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they suck. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Both just studs in college. Still studs. <laughs> decent. Yeah. Pretty yeah. decent. Make a nice living. Um. So Brock, obviously, um, you you leave Waterloo. You get drafted in the first round. <laughs> Um, was that kind of expected going into that season in Waterloo? You get, you were going to get drafted first round, or was that a surprise to you at all? It was a surprise. Um, I mean, I didn't really know. Like, I went and played junior USHL with Trevor for a bit in Sioux City, and, I mean, I sucked. So I had no idea how I was going to do in the USHL the next year. And then I went to, like, the prospects game, and, with Tommy Novak and I thought we did pretty well together and um and then they released the rankings and I was like kind of like late first early second in people's eyes and I honestly had no idea like 
And then when I kind of saw that, I was like, oh, shit, like, I have a chance to go first round. And I never thought that ever happened. And then I did really well in the USHL that year and, and then ended up getting picked. I, I, I want to touch base on that quickly because, Brock, I kind of had the same experience as you when I left high school, yeah. um, you know, for juniors that first year. Like, it's this huge transition. Like, you have all your buddies and everything, and high school is fucking awesome. And then you, you know, you go to your first junior team, and it's not all that, you know, it's, it was great. We had a great relationship, but hockey-wise, it was different, right? Yeah. But then you get, I went to Sioux City where you ended up seeing me and you went to Waterloo and, you know, things changed. What was the big reasoning for that? I don't know. I think just because, like, you're a young kid and I think I got drafted second in the Futures draft. So, like, you think you're going to get spoon-fed, but it's not really how it works down there. And, I mean, you know, Sioux City was great to me, too. Like, I played a lot and played in all those playoff games with you guys and um, you guys were all unreal to me, but... I don't know. I think just maturing that kind of that summer and and uh, where I train, I got to skate with some NHL guys and stuff. So that, I think that kind of helped me. And I think kind of, you know, when those rankings came out, I think it gave me confidence going into that season. And, and I kind of thrived off of that. For sure. So you get to campus, you get to campus in, in Grand Forks. Um, you know, obviously getting drafted first round, how much weight is on your shoulders to perform that first year? I mean, how much do you put on yourself? How much do others put on you to perform? Because obviously you didn't know how that year would go. We obviously all know how it went. Um, but did you have an extra set of weight on your shoulders for that season, being a first-rounder, and, and kind of everyone on the team expecting a lot out of you as a freshman? I mean, <clears throat> I didn't feel that much weight other than I just remember our first summer skate ever with you guys and I had no idea about 90% of you like if we're being honest I only knew that my class some of the guys and like Olsen and Schmaltzy and that's it and I remember just sucking like all of us it was freshman versus you guys right and yeah. I was just yeah. like we were all were just terrible can make a pass can stick handle and you guys all looked at us like you guys suck <laughs> I remember and I don't know. So I thought, like, holy shit, I better figure it out. And then I, yeah. mean, I didn't spend much time up there in the summers with you guys, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think once the season started, it was just like it's such a new experience, and it's like such a good experience with your buddies, and you know, after rookie party and all that, it's just a blast. So you kind of go in the season excited, and I mean, I think it was like game three when me, Cadge, and Nick played together, and. Kind of was that, was that when I, was that the birth of the CBS line? Did you guys ever get broken up after that? No, I it was actually might have been the fourth game. It's the second game against Bemidji at home, and then I mean it's it's hard not to have confidence and and play good when you're playing with those two. So yeah, what yeah. what was what was re, like? Obviously, you guys are all phenomenal players. Like that just goes without question. But like. What was it that made that line click so well? Um, you know, obviously there was chemistry and whatever, but was there like something specific that like clicked in and was like, holy shit, we're pretty fucking good? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think me and Nicky got some chemistry right off the bat before the season started. Kind of knew, and I think we both knew we were playing together and going to ride that out. And 
and then Gersh was with us the first couple of games. We actually played really good, and we just couldn't score, I think, those first couple of games. And then Cadge came, and, I mean, when we scored, we just kept scoring. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, don't know, I, think, yeah. I think it's just because Cadge could do everything, run guys, dangle guys, score. And then Nikki was just all around nasty. Just if I just got open, yeah. he'd, he'd get you the puck. So yeah, well, that was that, tough, that was the best part of that line was um, Kajula would do everything. He hit guys, backtrack, score, highlight, real goals, and then obviously you're the shooter, and Nikki's the passer, and he'll get you the puck anywhere. And it was just yeah. the, the perfect the perfect recipe for that line. Um, which well, is one. Nick, which is one of the questions. Well, before you get ahead, which is one of the questions I wanted to ask was, how how do you have that prolific shot? Like everyone knows, Brock Besser's got the shot. Yeah. Growing up, I mean, are you shooting pucks? Do, do you just have it, kind of thing? Like you were born with just this ability to put the puck wherever you want it. Um, how did you train for that? I think it's a lot of practice. Um, actually, in Burnsville, like. Growing up in Burnsville, there's uh, this place across across the parking lot from the arena, and it's called the Training Center. So, like, all the Burnsville kids, we grew up there. Every time you'd have, like, a practice in Squirts, Peewee's Bantams, like, most practices, either before or after, you're going to the Training Center for 30, 45 minutes to shoot, stick him and shoot. That's kind of where, like, I learned to shoot the puck because we'd always, like, we'd live at the training center. There's this big area to play roller hockey. So we were always there playing roller, shooting pucks and stuff. And my uh, peewee coach, Brandon Stege, his name was, he played for the Gophers back in the day. And he he was, like, really, he's like, he still coaches kids today there. But he was really, like, his shot was unreal. And he would teach us how to yeah. shoot and, like, snap the wrists and stuff. So he would teach us all that, and and then I'd always shoot pucks at home. My dad, my dad uh, hung a painting tarp uh, in the back of our garage. I'd throw the net in front of it, and anytime I was bored, I'd, I'd go out and shoot pucks. Like there's nothing else I'd do yeah. is go out, throw my rollerblades on, and just shoot. I owe my dad an apology because oh. I never shot pucks. He always, <laughs> yeah. he always well, set the shit up, and I was just like, yeah. ah, no thanks. I know. Like, my parents had never forced me to do anything either. Like, they never told me to go out and do anything. Yeah. It just came from within of always wanting a stick in my hand. For sure. Um, and then I wanted to get into a little more, a little bit more of your shot. Is that something – is your shot something you work on – Throughout the entire season, every season, do you, do you do any? Do you make any tweaks? Like, I know you had a wrist, you had wrist problems. Um, have you ever changed curves or flex because you're not shooting the puck as well, and you make changes? Yeah. What's the uh, process? There? Well, people are, they think I'm crazy because I use a P88 curve my almost my whole career. So I think my end of my third year in the NHL. So that was a couple of years ago. <clears throat> I went I went from I was P eighty ninety flex first year of college. And then the summer before second year I tried eighty five flex, didn't like it, went back to ninety. And I was ninety till my third year in the NHL. Tried eighty five again for a bit, didn't like it. And then I and then I changed curves and dropped to eighty five flex two summers ago. 
with like one lie down. I was like the first time I I knew what curve I wanted to try, and then I tweaked with like the lies on the stick for stick handling. And like when I stick handle, I like to like get the puck when I stick handle to the forehand, so it's like almost on my toe right away. So I'm always ready to shoot. Yeah. So I you do always that. have it. What? You do always have it fucking cocked. It's always ready to yeah. be ripped off the stick. Like yeah. every yeah. time I, I mean, I, I got like three to four assists my junior year, just just dishing rock the puck anywhere on the <laughs> ice, and he'd just snap it. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like I would I would try these sticks and I'd stick handle and end up on my heel, and I'm like, that ain't it. So then so, I found it, used it the last two seasons, and. It's been pretty good. So when you're when you're shooting the puck in the net, are you are you, do you do you kind of have a spot you always want to go? Or are you just looking at the goalie and you're like, he's leaving this open, I'm going there. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I think it depends on the situation. Kind of like for sure. There's definitely. I'm talking. When you got that, your head up. Yeah. What are you talking? What? Like, give me a scenario. I'm talking. I'm talking like when when you get the puck in the slot, you don't stick handle. You just catch it, and you look straight yeah. up. Yeah. You gotta well, be looking for a hole there, right? Because like, you don't shoot the same spot every time. Is what I noticed. You're not no. scoring your goals in the same spot. You're going a different spot every time. Yeah. Except five hole. I'm working on my five hole game this summer. How do, dude, okay. how do people score the five hole? Well. Like, I think it's proven when it's a lefty, lefty goalie that it's just easier for lefties to score five hole. Really, their heel or their paddle, like their stick. Yeah. So I think that's just proven, but I don't know. I, I, I it blows my mind too. I don't understand it. So that's why I've been trying it a lot this summer. So we'll see if I. That's what I wanted to get to. That's what I wanted but, to get to. Kids, don't feel bad. You're not Brock Besser. He doesn't even know how he does it. He was just fucking born that way. Just to be a God-given scorer, you know. There's nothing you can, there's nothing I could have done to get there. You know, I just that's why I go to sleep at night. It's like, well, I yeah. couldn't have been Brock no matter how hard I tried because I just wasn't gifted. That. I don't know, dude. I don't know. If I get a puck in the slot, I just look up and I don't know. I mean, it's so easy. Like you guys know, like you get a puck in the slot, you want to go bar down. It's so easy to shoot high, but goalies bait you so much to shoot high that sometimes you have to like. I love going right over the pad. Oh, it's the best. Like if I can, if I can go low block or low glove, it's like almost every time. Like, probably shouldn't say this, but I get a breakaway. I love like looking right over the pad, low side. I'm the same way. I'm the same way, or I was the same way. But in, <laughs> I, but, in but in high school, I was only top glove. I shot there every single time. Oh yeah, I scored like 500 goals, but. That's <laughs> oh yeah, we saw you in the state tourney, bro. <laughs> I don't. Wait I don't now. know if I ever. I don't know if I ever had my head up when I shot the puck. It was just no. Hopefully, we can both, we both can confirm that you didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah except be, my two goals. That's just the puck my, down. Just shoots a guy <laughs> over skates the block <laughs> shot. Somehow gets an apple. <laughs> no, buddy. I got. I was getting pucks on net that whole game. <laughs> to assist you. Yeah, I know because you have a muffin. <laughs> yeah, you had a you had a you had an empty net goal that game. It was bullshit. Anyone would have scored that goal. Yeah, I don't know about you though. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, before I cut you off, we were getting into Nikki a little bit, Nikki and Cadge at, yeah. at Nodak. Um, I was going to say, like, what, you... what I was going to Go say was I never had to back check. Cadge would always back check. <laughs> yeah. Or Nikki would just casually back check and pick guys' sticks, and I'd just be hanging out pick at the a pool, guy, yeah. and I'd be cherry yeah. picking. So I think I got my bad D habits from those two. Yeah, you didn't That's... need to do it. They just they don't worry about it. We got it. Yeah. That's no, what I was going to ask Brock. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask Brock was uh, obviously you played you're playing in the NHL. You play with unbelievable players every night. Um, but the line you had at North Dakota, the CBS line, obviously all NHL players as well. Where does that line rank on on lines you've played on throughout your career? I mean, that has to be up there with one of the best. Just the chemistry and the way you guys yeah. clicked. I mean, it's hard to say it's it wasn't the most fun or whatever because we won the national championship that year, and and I was like plus fifty. That was only, probably the only time I'll ever be plus fifty <laughs> in my life. So like that, it's For that's sure. that's like I feel like that's not a fair comparison. Who, for sure. who, who are who are some other guys that you've played with, you know, junior um, and pro that like you have good chemistry with? You've seen a lot of success with them. Um, like I grew up playing with Tommy Novak. We had good chemistry. Uh, Tyler Sheehy growing up because Burnsville, Waterloo, and then in pros, I'm pretty good with Petey and Millsy when we were aligned. I think Miller's first first year in Van, we were. We had an unbelievable year together. So that was, those are a couple other guys in lines that we're, I've played with that are good. People don't know this much, but, you know, when you're a good player and you get tossed on those lines, you look so much better. Like, I mean, you could put me on a line with Pedersen and JT Miller, and I'd probably look pretty fucking good. You know, like, I'd probably get, know. you know, just give me a <laughs> you give know. me a whole year to play on the line. I'd probably I'd probably cash in like 30 points, like looking like a pretty good player. It's like, you know, I don't know. Try I mean, try hopping on the fourth line with a guy who can't even see the puck and he's just trying to kill guys out there and try to get some points then. I think Holes would be fine on that line, but not you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I had a few of those Aussie like uh, the year I was deemed mayor of Grand Forks. I was playing- <laughs> I was playing on a power play with Brock and Joe Stee and all those guys. It was just like, this is easy. What do you mean? But you're, yeah. you, you were, you led us second half of that year. You were unbelievable. No, no. Oh, yeah. Bulls did we always were, have skill. He had hands, he had skill, oh, yeah. vision. I never had any of that. <laughs> yeah. No. But I would out. I would outwork any of you guys any day, and I would dust you in the weight room, which is what the coaches care about, which is why, you know. Uh, you were a captain. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, yeah. yeah congrats. Dust you in Iron Man. <laughs> I would what is pull, it, I'd pull a, I hope Pooley's watching, so I'd pull a fake injury and then not have to do any Iron Man. Never. 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 Yeah. That brings me another topic, Brock. Do you think you will play any preseason this year, or will there be a phantom injury again? <laughs> that was not. <laughs> I was not taking for last year. No, no, I'll give. And I did. The I'll give the list of the camp before I before I pulled my growing. <laughs> I did I'll, our skate. I'll give, the list, I'll give the listeners a little background to this. 
So Brock, Brock through his UND career, he always had an injury during preseason and kind of missed out on some workouts and skates. And then he gets to Vancouver and he misses the first preseason because he's got a little injury. And then the second year comes around and I tweet at the Vancouver Canucks. I'm like, what are the odds Brock Bester comes out with a phantom injury and misses preseason? And then like a week later, Brock Bester will miss the preseason with an injury. (laughs) No, it was after my first year I got injured. Uh, my first preseason ever and then i had that back injury and then yeah i was injured the next preseason (laughs) well wasn't stetch didn't stetch see it on twitter and and the boys were laughing at it because they're like you fucking missed preseason oh oh, yeah well no it was my second year after that injury my first preseason after that injury i was injured and then the next year my contract was up so i held out for the first weekend, so I didn't do I didn't do the the bike test for three years straight. Probably love that energy. Good <laughs> for you. Yeah, good for Huge you. No, I did the bike test at home though. I, I crushed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, they're probably not questioning you too much because you do have a good physique and you can tell you're in shape. Other than Olson and I, if we show up and they're not <laughs> believing us, they're like, "You guys are fucking out of shape." Fourteen percent body fat. They know you didn't do yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brock, I did want to get into. Um, obviously, you go to Vancouver after UAE, and you sign in the locker room after we lost that triple overtime game to BU, and you sign right in the locker room. Like, all right, I'm heading, heading out to Vancouver. I think your first game was in Minnesota. Um, what what's that transition like? Obviously, there's pressure to play play well at North Dakota, but it's nothing compared to playing on a Canadian NHL team, especially in Vancouver. Um, what's it like there? Just just the pressure on your shoulders to play well when you're not playing well. Is it hostile? Like, can you even go to the grocery store if you guys go on a little skid or are people <laughs> going to be fucking pissed? <laughs> All right. Well, first off, when I signed in the locker room, I had like I had to sign or else the contract wouldn't have went through in time to play in Minnesota. But, I mean, that whole experience signing, like, that quick, it sucked. But, like, I knew I was signing. So there's so much emotions, and I was exhausted because that game. And then yeah, you probably played like, 70 minutes. Yeah, I was stressed out. <laughs> I couldn't see on the bus driving back to the hotel. Like, I was cross-eyed because I was so dehydrated. And then you guys had a party back in Grand Forks, and I had a flight at 6 a.m. the next day. I slept in Olsa's bed. I was puking in the bathroom for like an hour, and then ended up making the flight and going to play that game. So I was I was pretty crazy. And then you tucked. Yeah, yeah I was just lucky, though. Yeah. That was all a dream. Yeah, okay. I'll, 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 never, I'll never forget that. That was the, that was the start of Bender, and we yeah. had um, – we were watching your your game, your first game at um, what what what's, what's at, that? Uh, oh, was it? Is there Jacks up there? Cowboy Jacks? No, no, but it's it's like that. What's the what's Wild the Bills? Yeah, Wild, Wild Bills. Bills. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. where we were. Yeah, Remember two that. for ones. Well then, well then we had a game the next day. We had a back to back in Winnipeg, and then I was just god awful because I was so tired. <laughs> but no, I mean. <clears throat> Vancouver, there's definitely pressure up there. Um, I mean, everyone talks about it. The 
I mean, Canada's just, they love hockey, and it's its awesome to play up there because how passionate everyone is. It's like Grand Forks. Like, everyone's so passionate. Um, but, I mean, you know, you know the media in Canada, you know, anywhere you play in Canada, it's, its I mean, it's the media. Everyone yeah. sees it every day if you're on social media. They're trying to get a story. Just trying yeah, to get you know, a story, a story out of it. You know, I, everyone's treated me really well in Vancouver and, um, you know, good or bad, you know, I've had ups and downs and, you know, all the, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, all the media guys have been good to me. So I'm really thankful for that. And, um, you know, there's definitely pressure and expectations and, you know, there's times I've, I've played well and, and lived up to those expectations. And then, you know, there's times like, you know, last season where I've sucked and didn't, live up to the expectation so i put a lot of pressure on myself to perform and and produce for our team and help our team win so um you know de- next season is definitely a season i'm looking forward to yeah i want to i want to touch on that a little bit because um you know you and me are very similar in that way we want to produce we want to help our team and we're hard on ourselves when things don't go well or we mm-hmm. feel like they aren't going well how do you kind of um, fuel yourself to, like you said, you know, you're looking forward to this year. A lot of guys would crumble um, under some kind of pressure like that. Like, how do you build off of that? Yeah, um, you know, I kind of have – I just try to, like, look at things positively. And, um, you know, even it was my fifth year, but I'm still learning stuff. Like, you know, I learned a lot last year. When you're not having a good good year, you gotta you gotta find a way to do something for the team if you're not producing or whatever. So, you know, I think a lot of little things like that, I've, I've kind of taken a step back and thought about, and so I think that's gonna help me a lot this year. But, um, you know, I still scored 23 goals last year. Um, you know, a lot of people would take 20 goals any day in the NHL. So, I kind of say like 23 goals in a bad year, like that that's re- like a big positive for me. Like yeah. That, excites me if i have a good year i know i can get over 30 35 goals and you know help our team win a few more games yeah i like that mindset positive mindset about you know obviously some guys could look at that the opposite way like only had 23 goals like holy fuck i'm scared or whatever um that's the right way to look about look at it obviously it's like hey i had a down year still had 23 like i'll be just fine um yeah and I can imagine the pressure you probably put on yourself to play well, um, especially just being the type of player you are. I wouldn't be able to handle that personally just because it's, you know, thinking about how much pressure that is, is just ridiculous. How do you like, you got you obviously got to stay off Twitter and stuff. Like how do you, how do you keep confident when things are going wrong and, and you keep, you just grind through it and try to play your game? Well, I mean, it's hard. Um, well, first off, I don't have Twitter. I mean, I have Twitter, but I don't have the app. I haven't had it for over a year. Just because, like, you know, that if, if you sit there and you go and look at stuff that people are saying, you know, it's it's not good, and it's not good for your mindset, and, you know, it takes your confidence away. Like, it's such a confident league, I feel like, the NHL. Like, if you're confident, you're going to you're, you're be unbelievable. For sure. If you're not confident or have a time where you're not confident, you just, you know, everything's so hard. You feel like you're making the wrong play every time. You're overthinking and stuff. So, you know, there's times where, you know, for a few games you just suck and you're, like, trying to, like, just do the little things right and get out of that funk. And then there's 
a 10 game span where you're just on and you're so confident and things are, you yeah. know, you're getting the bounces, things are going your way and stuff. So, you know, it's definitely ups and downs for us during the year. Yeah. I would, I would say, I mean, hockey in general is just a confident sport. Like yeah. when you're, when you're playing well, everything comes with ease. Like even the little things are like, you don't even think about them, but as soon as you have that one bad game, it's like, okay, now, you know, I got to make sure I get this puck out. You know, you're thinking about those little things to a point. So yeah. it gets kind of crazy, especially in your mental side of the game. When well, things don't go well, you can play great for 20 games and then you have one bad game and it's like, okay, now I got to yeah. tighten up. Well, that's the thing. Like when you have a bad game then you're just like, you think, I think that's like where everything goes wrong. Whenever you start thinking, it's just like think a, too much. Yeah, it's just spiraled down. And, like, when you're confident, I think the best players in the world are confident. They don't think. That's the thing. I think they yeah. just – they don't think and they play off instinct for what got them there. And I think that's kind of – the There's not enough time to think out there. If you're thinking, you you already missed the play, right? Like, you, you think McDavid's thinking? <laughs> no. no. There's, no t- there's no time to think when you're moving that fast. You can't. No. No, Definitely. there's no room for thinking. You have to know what you're doing before. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I completely agree. And and before we let you go, Brock, I'd, we kind of want to get into um, what are the what are some of the best spots or games that you've played in in the NHL? Like, were you like excited to go to on a road trip? And then, what are some of the most electric games you've you've actually played in? Um. Yeah. So. I'm always looking forward to MSG. That's always – I think that's so cool. Um, so that's probably my number one. Uh, you know, like Nashville's out there. Um, you know, I just love the country so vibe and stuff, yeah. just right off the strip. Uh, that's always a blast. Um, Vegas, I mean, everyone – if you haven't been to a Vegas game, yeah. you got to go. It's like, an, it's like a club. <laughs> it's that's like a club game. It's yeah. it's actually crazy and it's unreal down there. So um, that's a good spot. Um, you know, I got a lot like when you play in Chicago and they're screaming during the national anthem. Like, hard not to get chilled there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't yeah, know. I guess like, I, you could probably name another five Minnesota, places I love playing. Yeah, Minnesota games got to be fun for you too. You, I, you know. I always see you have like a huge entourage at the Minnesota games, friends, yeah. family come up. That's gonna be yeah. pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, you got it's hard to warm up though because you there's 20, 30 people you see standing <laughs> on the glass, it's hard to focus. So <laughs> yeah. oh, it's always good though. I've always had great support from f- friends and family, and there's always at least like a hundred people there. Um, but the X is unreal. I mean, such an it's one of the nicest ranks probably out there. So it's always fun to come home and play. I want to I want to transition quick. I want the viewers or, or the listeners to hear about the little tussle you and Gage got. And <laughs> I was I was hoping I, this up. I had I had to bring it up. I had to bring it up. Fucking Bubs broke it up right away. <laughs> You're no scared of a star player getting injured. <laughs> Tucker was Tucker was standing right there and he didn't break it up fast enough. <laughs> So we were, what's the game called, first of all? I don't know. We were remember. playing that tennis ball. There was like six tennis yeah. balls on the ice. The the orange ball. Was it tennis balls or the orange ones? No, it was like I some think... street hockey ball or something. 
Yeah. I know, but what was that game called? I, I don't remember. It was, yeah, whatever. For, for everyone, it was a full ice game. You split the whole team in half. And there's, what, four or five balls at once? Yeah. Then you're trying to score, and there's just the two nets. So it's 10 on 10 out there with five balls. And I think our team was losing with, like, three seconds left. I got the ball in the defensive zone. I just took the biggest clapper. Like, no, right it, was after, it, was uh, after. Yeah, it was after. It was after. It was after the game ended. No, yeah, but it was, like, it was close. Like, it was pretty close. Like, you, you could have thought the game was still going. I had Gage right in the neck, right on the side <laughs> in the neck. And I'm like, oh, no. Because it was like, I was like, the whistle went like, oh boy, like I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. We lost. I'm fucking I hurt like, too, and fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. I have a cannon. Give me right in the jugular. <laughs> was it the jugular? It was like right Gage, here. <laughs> Gage turns around. He screamed, "Who the fuck did that? Who did it?" And I was standing right next to him, like right next to him. And I was like, "I did," <laughs> like so casual. Next thing you know, before I could blink. I'm I'm licking the ice in a headlock. <laughs> I'm like, oh my like I, I can't do anything. One. Gage Gage has fought me and my buddies before, two v one, and he still takes us both down. I'm like <laughs> I'm not get I'm not fighting Gage or getting out of it. So thank God the coaches got him off of me. Oh Gage absolutely with the, <laughs> Oh biggest welt on his neck too is hilarious. <laughs> You should have heard. I, I, I thought that it was during – it ended, then we do the stretching circle. I thought yeah. it was during the stretching, and you just rinsed him right in the neck. <laughs> Dude, honestly, though, he deserved that. He deserved that. He was still on natty shit bender that year. <laughs> oh, yeah, so were you, bud. <laughs> no, no, not like you and Cameron. You, you and Cameron were on another level. <laughs> Kiss the ring, never, buddy. I've never Who seen asked? someone cramp up so much in my life playing a game like Cam did that year. <laughs> oh, awful. <laughs> awful. He had 17 cramp aid bottles. Yeah, I know. Every yeah. game. That was all I remember from that incident was if I would have done that to any other player on the team, the coaches would have been like, yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> But they saw it was Brock, and they're like, "Whoa, hey, stop it! Let's go, let him up!" You know, like they scream, "Let him go!" Like, oh, oh fuck brutal. you guys! You just fucking injured me. <laughs> <laughs> injured you? Yeah, right. You blocked ten shots a game, and that's that's what's gonna do it. <laughs> fucking tennis ball! <laughs> My God, that was, so, that was so funny when you're standing right next to me because I was like. I like dropped down to my knees and I was grabbing my neck like, who the fuck did that? And Brock's like, I did. (laughs) He's laughing. I'm like, this fucker's dead. (laughs) Insta shed. I've never seen somebody drop their mitts faster. (laughs) Like we were literally shoulder to shoulder. So like, I didn't think he's going to just boom, drop his gloves, headlock that fast. It was impressive, honestly. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, oh, that's a great story. Brock, thanks for giving us the time, man. Appreciate having you oh, on. For having good, me, luck. Good, luck. good luck this season up north in Vancouver. We'll be watching. Hopefully, thanks, uh, we'll get to a couple games and come play the Wild. But uh, thanks again. Tell Lori I say hi. And uh, 
Have a good dinner. Yeah, yeah thanks, guys. See you, Brock. Love you. Thanks, Thanks, Love you, bro. thanks Brock. And thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone. We will see you next week. Oh,